sufficiency and everything. You may have an abundance for every good deed. You know, he says, you know, his whole heart is that we may have life and have it abundantly. He's just an abundant God. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So we established that our God is a God of abundance. And the second thing we talked about is, is that what the whole thing's about in Deuteronomy 8.18. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who is giving you the power to make wealth. He's an abundant God, and His heart is for us to have the power to make wealth. He's not so much in giving us wealth, but He's in the place of giving us the power to make wealth. Now, we spent time defining what wealth really is, and there's at least seven different types of wealth we see found in Scripture, like relationships, resources, faith. It talks about in James 2, being rich in faith. Faith, your words, your physical body, time, uh, your gifts, uh, the riches that we have in Christ Jesus is all wealth. And God is calling us to participate in the power to make wealth. And be careful as when we talk about wealth that we think dollar signs. That is, God cares about that, and that's part of it, but that is not the greatest type of wealth that, that is in Scripture. And so God's heart is for us to have the power to make wealth. So, oh yeah, if you don't have a handout, Swifty's in the back. Raise your hand and he'll get you one. Sorry about that, Swifty. Raise your hands and we'll, we'll get that. So God's heart is to give us that. And let's go on. The second thing that we talked about is, is that we're, this wealth is, it's him. He is our wealth. Well, in that, in, let's go to the next slide. In, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, seeing that his divine power has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who literally in the Greek, who called us to his glory and excellence. He's called us to, into his glory and excellence. Because why? What is sin? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. He's called us into his glory. If you think, speak, or act outside, anything outside his glory, his thoughts and opinions for us, that's sin. You're missing the mark. Well, you could, say, you could really change Romans 3.23 and literally say, for all have sinned and fall short of His excellence because He's called us into that. And it's just, and here's the crazy thing is, y'all, you don't have to drum it up. You don't have to drum up excellence. All you have to do is see it. I don't have to drum up His glory. All I have to do is see it. 2 Corinthians 3.18, we with an unveiled face is beholding in a mirror. The glory of the Lord are transformed from the same image as from glory to glory. And so, and so that's one of the things that we established. Mitch talked about this last week. And the next thing that we talked about was established was is that wealth is drawn to excellence. We talked about the time when I preached on this two weeks ago. Used an example of how Solomon, who walked in the excellence of God before he got goofy. But literally when Queen, the Queen Bathsheba comes. Bathsheba? No. Uh, uh, what's her name? What's her? Huh? Yeah, some dude-ass from Egypt. Comes and visits Solomon. And so, so Sheba. Yeah, I put the wrong the bath on there. Queen, queen from Egypt. Comes. And she comes with all this wealth, and she's seeing all the wealth and the wisdom of Solomon, 
And what does she end up doing? She sees this excellence and she gives him stuff like he needed it. That's what will happen is, is that when you operate in the excellence of God and the realities of God, it draws wealth. Now remember, I'm not just talking about, I'm not talking about dollar signs, just dollar signs. I'm relationships, time, faith, what all this stuff that is so crucial. Notice this with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now his master saw that the Lord was with him. Oh, let it be said about us. We just believe for that. Now his master saw that the Lord is with him and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. And so that's where Paul and I, you know, I just was talking about this this morning. I says, babe, you know, I'm not so much about this in relationship to preaching this. The big thing I'm after writing this thing is that every area of my life is in line with the reality of this. And that's the, that's the exciting part. And so, you know, so wealth is not something you seek in and of itself. You seek the Lord and operate in all that who He is and seek ye first the kingdom of God and what? And His righteousness and what? All these things will be, quote, added unto you. So anyway, and so where we're going to st- jump into today is sort of, still we're going to review the first part of it is in what Mitch was sharing last week, which was really cool. And, uh, um, and let's go to this. And for, notice the first thing is God's glory and excellence make wealth when there is three things. Now think about this. God's glory and excellence makes or generates wealth when there is three things. There's an atmosphere of excellence, a heart of blessing, and an attitude of thanksgiving. It's kind of interesting to me how God so correlated this that the Sunday before Thanksgiving, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. We didn't plan that. We really didn't. So atmosphere of excellence. Now Mitch preached on this really cool last week, and I just want to review it so this is, you know this. But I want you, it's awesome. Can we say this? Can you repeat after me, please? And I, I, you know, I normally don't like to repeat things when if I'm out there. I normally don't. And I'm not trying to cause you to do something, but I am asking us to repeat something that hopefully that it'll settle down in our hearts, that when you're out there, you can set an, an, an environment for him to show up in our midst. So it's, can you, if you would, God's glory and excellence generates wealth when an atmosphere of excellence is established, an attitude of, of blessing, and a heart of thanksgiving. Now let's get in this. Real quick, just reviewing excellence. Like I said, Mitch shared this last week. But excellence is defined in Matthew chapter, I mean not Matthew, I'm sorry, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And notice this where it says, and and now I added some things in it. It got, no I didn't. Did it get taken out somehow or another? Well anyway, finally brethren, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, pure, lovely, whatever is good report. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. And notice in your notes, excellence, 
an atmosphere that is true. It's literally, it's the, the Greek word there for true literally means not hidden. In other words, it's brought to the light. You know, that's, that's the characteristic of excellence. In other words, there's nothing hidden. You know, let me times when I go into churches, sometimes when everything looks perfect, I'm going, this is sick because this is not true. I mean, really. Every time you get in a church sometime and it's, everything's perfect, then when you go home, it ain't perfect, and you're going, wait a minute, if I can get my house like that. And, and uh, you know, that's one of the things about dwelling place. You hang around enough, you're going to hear us repent. You're going to hear our mess. You hear me repent. You'll hear my mess. Because why? The last time I checked, every one of us make a mess some way, shape, or form at some point in time or another. Whatever's true. Now, that don't mean that all our... That it's, that it's uh, you know, uh, uh, I don't know what word I'm trying to say, but it's, it's just grossly open. But, but what I'm saying is that our lives are things that are in the light. When we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. That is an atmosphere of excellence. You do business in a way that is excellent. It's brought to the light. Things are not hidden. So when it's true, honorable, with dignity and respect, doing right, you know, the other day, Andrew Fuller and I were putting up wood, stacking wood. I mean, it was just stacking wood. And all of a sudden, you know, the temptation was just take the wood and throw it over there. I could hear the voice of Big Ed. If you're going to do it, do it right. But you know what? That's scriptural. How many times you cut corners? Show me a builder like Jim who are in a place in a building when they're building something. They go, oh, nobody's going to see that behind the wall. They do it right, excellent, where nobody's going to see it. That's excellent. It draws well. Do it right, pure, lovely. Lovely's an interesting Greek word here. You know what it means? It literally means to create affection. That's a word this word means. You know, and you know, because you can think about it. What it, when you see something beautiful, what does it do? It evokes affection. It draws people to it. And so, and that's what when you're talking about doing things in excellence, you're creating an affection toward the Lord. And so, you know, now that things can get distorted in that. And and also, I will say this to you: beauty's in the hands of the beholder. I mean, you go in our house, and there's some pictures on our refrigerator that the world may not think is so beautiful. But you know what? Paul and I do. So excellence in our refrigerator is different than excellence in maybe Jim's refrigerator. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. So be careful we, we talk about things being beautiful, but at the same time, there is a level of it. And then second thing is good report. And it's interesting, good report is literally speaking good, speaking good. And it's interesting to me how blessing and thanksgiving come in are part of excellence because it's got to do with speaking and declaring something. And so anyway, and, and I also need to review this and say this. There's three important things about catching revelation of excellence. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, here it is. For this very reason, applying all diligence in your faith, supply excellence. Moral, moral, the Greek word for moral is not there. Excellence, arte. It's just added. And notice up there in 
where it says, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, excellence and worthy of praise, same Greek word, I mean not same Greek word, it's the same thing, if something's excellent, it's worthy of praise. Notice what it says, dwell on these things, does it say dwell? Yeah, dwell on these things. The Greek word is logizomai, I think Mitch preached, spoke this last week. It literally means to come to the conclusion of, and he spoke this last week. In other words, you and I have to be convinced of what is excellent. And that's why it says in, in a, if you go back that, uh, back one slide. Now this very reason, applying all diligently, in other words, diligently apply in your faith excellence. And then the next one is, the next phrase of that, knowledge. In your excellence, knowledge. In other words, what I'm trying to say here, y'all, growing up, I had to have a knowledge of what is excellent to believe. Because I, I was not smart when it came to work. God gave me a guy named Max Mars to be my supervisor in Time Saver Food Stores. Dad was smart when I was just starting out in business. He, Max Mars was a, was a, I don't know, how do you describe Max Mars? He was a nice man to some. <laughs> oh, he's in, but he was, oh, he was a big stone gapite. No nonsense, didn't know Jesus, but was old school. So he'd say, if you ain't working and you're on the clock, you're stealing. And I started thinking back the time I was working in the store, and a store that wasn't very busy, but how I, was, I would kill flies to occupy time. And then when I killed all the flies, you know what I did? Open the door and let more flies come in. Somehow, I don't think that was excellent, because I was thinking about what Max said. But God started using Max to how he, how he, just to really form in me the reality of excellence, a conviction down inside my heart that affects today. You know, because there's a place for us to have knowledge in what is excellent. And then it goes and talks about in the next verse, where it says, go to the next verse, where it says, practice these things in Philippians 4.8. To practice it. In other words, you catch a revelation of something and you practice it. I would watch, a, I would watch a, um, back in my day, Bart Starr throw a football, or Joe Namath throw a football. And you know what I would do? I'd catch it, I'd see it, I'd watch it. Then I'd go, okay, it's time for me to practice it. Because I know if I practice it, I could start to do it in the midst of trouble hard times when I had a defensive lineman in my face, I had practiced it, and so guess what? I could do it. Or same thing in basketball, you know? Same thing. You, know, you just practice it. It becomes you. So you come convinced of it. Yeah, this is true. This is how to throw a football. This is how to operate in excellence. Become convinced of it. Then you practice it. When you practice it, it becomes you. And then what God says in 1 Peter 2.9, you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you might proclaim what? The excellencies of Him. In other words, proclaim His excellence. 
Wherever we go, y'all, this is not with our mouth. This is what I'm troubling me in our society today, in our politics today. Because somebody says something, Christians are wholeheartedly putting themselves behind something. And I know I'm meddling right here, but i got to say it. I am tired of people saying things with their mouths and their lips are far from them. Their hearts are far from them. And I'm going to be honest with you, y'all, if, if we don't watch it, we're selling out for some stuff. And, uh, and when the credibility of the heart does not line up with the words that are said, it's going to cause issues. The end does not justify the means, y'all. The belief does not justify the actions. So, I don't know how it got there, but it's got about proclaiming the excellencies of God because everything that God declared with his mouth, he declared with his actions. It's right. It's true. It's in the light. So, anyway, so we create an atmosphere of excellence and that's what God invites us to. In this place of atmosphere of excellence, the kingdom of God can manifest itself. God inhabits the praises. I remember one time I was talking with a group of people. I don't know if you were with me, babe, but I was talking with a group of people for us wanting us to help plan a church. Sit down and I was listening to them. It was in Big Stone. You remember? It was before way before, and they're sitting down with a group of people and, and they're talking about all the awesome things, what God's doing, and I'm hearing it. And all of a sudden hear the Lord say that Chronicles passage, Second Chronicles, I think, what, 16.9? No, not 16.9. I'm sorry. But it says, let, be, let the fear of the Lord God be on you. Be very careful what you do, for the Lord your God will take no part in unrighteousness, partiality, or taking of a bribe. And God just saying, be very careful. What you do, Rick. Because it's in this atmosphere of excellence that God just rests. And when he shows up, that's when, the, that's when all that who he is is released into our lives. And so, and so anyway, the second thing is, is that word that releases the wealth of God that is involved in the power to make wealth is the power of blessing. Now, look at this passage in Proverbs, I mean, uh, Proverbs yeah, 10.22. It is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. Now, the Greek, the Hebrew word here is not like the verbal form. It's the noun. In other words, you possess a blessing. And when you possess this blessing... It makes rich. Now remember what rich in faith, rich in relationships, rich whatever, you know, like I love one of my all-time favorite movies is It's a Wonderful Life. I love that last line at the end of the movie where the brother is toasting, you know, they're toasting to Ben, to George Bailey, the richest man in town. I love that. That was so cool. And that was obviously in a place of relationships. But, uh, but anyway, when you have this blessing and you imply it, it makes rich. The blessing of the Lord. Well, y'all, I, uh, I joyfully tell you this. Ephesians 1.3 says, you and I have been blessed with what? Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So guess what? You and I have the capacity to be what? Rich. Blessed. Rich. In fact, that's why Jesus left heaven, according to 2 
Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, he became poor that we might become what? Rich. Hey, sounds good to me. Question is, when you receive a blessing, what do you do with it? Ah, here's the trick. If you, have a, if you receive a blessing from the Lord and you take it to yourself, you take the blessing and guess what? That's it. You take the blessing of the Lord and operate in how God purposes you, guess what? You become rich. Watch this. There's two very, very important things about blessing. In fact, let me just stop here a second. Let me put a commercial in. When you sit down to eat food, I want you to realize this. There's a difference between blessing the food and giving thanks for the food. And you'll see this as we go on. When you pray or you declare something, there's a difference between blessing something and giving thanks for something. And let's just, just want to put that out to you as we go along. So blessing, so the blessing of the Lord makes rich. There's two things that's very important about blessing in your life. The first thing, in other words, it releases the wealth of God. And the first one, as you notice in your notes there, is being a blessing to everyone and every place. Now, I'm not, I, this is a passion that burns in me. And I know that I screw up in it a lot. And, but I just, I, I live in a place, God, please, Lord, let me never be a defilement to your name. Let me never be a place of shame to your name, God. Wherever I go, whatever I do, my prayer is, God, let it me be a blessing. When we step into that place, you, you and I resolve, I don't care where it is, the grocery store, the, the gas station, your job, church, home. Pray, let it be the prayer that you and I are a blessing. If you and I are not there, people know something's missing. If all of a sudden a partial rapture occurred, just dwelling place got raptured. Come on. <laughs> Come on, yeah. Just for ten's sake. Would the towns and the cities of the New River Valley go, Harketh, dwelling place people are missed? Or would they just continue on, you know, Whatever. That's a good question to ask. If you're not missed, if you're all of a sudden you're gone and there's just a very partial, partial rapture and you're the only one, so-and-so, Val walked with God and was not one of those types of raptures, would all of a sudden people say, you know, hark, you're not there. Man, something's missing. Because God's called us to be a blessing wherever we go. And so when we step into this place, oh God, let it be. Let it be a blessing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> let me give you an example of this. Look at Daniel chapter 6. I love these guys, Daniel. You know, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah are commonly known, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These guys, Daniel resolved in his heart, 
You don't see it specifically mentioned, but Daniel resolved in his heart that he was a man who just would be a blessing in whatever situation and circumstance. He, they put him in government, and the guy operated this level of excellence, and he was a blessing. Notice this. Then this Daniel began to distinguish himself among the commissioners and satraps. In other words, what had happened, the, the, uh, the king had divided all the, the country out into these satraps that are, were rulers over particular areas, and then there were these commissioners that were over the satraps. Daniel was put up here as one of the big dogs as a commissioner because he began to distinguish himself. He was a man of excellence. And watch this. He, he began to distinguish himself among the commissioners and the satraps because he possessed an extraordinary spirit. And the king planned to appoint him over the entire kingdom. Keep, go to the next then the commissioners and sacred traps began trying to find a ground of accusation against Daniel in regard to the government affairs, but they could find no ground of accusation or evidence of corruption inasmuch he was faithful and no good negligence or corruption was to be found in him. That's a man of excellence. And Daniel resolved in his heart that he was a blessing. Now, y'all, he could have just said, no, I'm a Jew, I'm a Hebrew, and I am in an ungodly government, and I am not going to participate with this. No, he stepped into it, and he began to distinguish himself, and guess what? It became a testimony of the God of Israel. And it is so cool that when, when I see it, when men and women in business or whatever you know, like, I can do this because I'm preaching, but also she's my wife. <laughs> but, you know, my wife, tough. she is one that steps in, she steps into situations and she exudes the excellence of God. When she was working for Deloitte or working at the furniture store. Or in hanging around dwelling place. You know? The excellence of God. It, we're a testimony. It's cool to me that hear the testimonies of when she was working at Deloitte in an international company operating with excellence in the testimony of God. There was. Paula resolved in her heart, I want to be a blessing. I want to be a blessing. And it amazed me that she was part of a technologically consulting firm and she barely could turn a computer on. Because why? The excellence of the Lord over her just took her over the... She can get other people to turn the computer on. Yeah, she, she said she hired good people like Jared to turn the computer on. <laughs> I said the last part. But anyway, that's a testimony of God. So you and I, when we resolve, you, you are blessed. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Let it, let it in you. It just wherever you go, just start giving it out. God, I just want to be that blessing. I want to be that blessing for that wounded person, that broken person, or that one's lack. Let it be. Let it be. The second thing is, is in the relationship to blessings, you, you are to be a blessing, but the other is to give a blessing. And like in, in, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, 
Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult. And in fact, by the way, y'all, let me just say this to y'all. When things are, um, how to say, it's the adversities of the world, in, of the situations and circumstances in the world that create the environments for the excellencies of God to bear fruit. In other words, that's why James says, count it all joy when you counter various trials. That's why Paul makes a statement in Romans 5, 3, we glory in our tribulation. That's why Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6, we, you, know, you know, in this you've been distressed by various trials, and it goes on to the testing or proving of your face being more precious than gold. So y'all, you've heard me say this before, that when you face an obstacle or you face hell, it's got to be an opportunity. And I, you know, I'm going, God, you're calling me to speak on you as an abundance in a, at a time that Paul and I are in a financial wilderness? God, that don't make sense. And, you know, God's going, yeah, it's like, where's your confidence? I'm going, okay, God. But in this place, in adversity, notice what it says, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing, giving a blessing. Giving a blessing, and notice what happens when you give a blessing in the midst of adversity. You do what? What does it say? You what? Say it. What? Hair to blessing. Next time somebody's giving you a hard time, guess what? Go, all right, this is an opportunity to be blessed. Help me, Jesus. It is, it's true. So we operate, create an at atmosphere of excellence. We have an attitude of blessing. God, I step into it. I want to be a blessing. God, I'm looking to bless because I know if I bless, I will be what? Blessed. The standard of measure you use is a standard that will be measured to you. He who sows sparingly shall also what? Reap sparingly. You wonder why the scriptures say we're blessed with every spiritual blessing and you may find, not find your life too blessed. Is it because that we're taking the blessing and holding it rather than creating the atmosphere uh, um, to be a blessing and look to give a blessing? And so, y'all, like a while ago I said about the food. You sit down with the food. Guess what? talks about it in 1 Timothy. You bless that food. I mean, you're blessing it. Oh, Lord Jesus. Bless that food. I mean, bless it. You're going to put it in your body. Bless it. That's Holy, that's Holy Ghost food. That's what, when you're blessing it. Yeah, that's why it is important to bless it. Your food is sanctified by the Word of God and by prayer. Set it apart. You go to the Middle East... You're going to bless it. Not for George. He just whoops it because he's going, thank you, Jesus, I'm home. Or you go to Guada, uh, uh, Costa Rica. You know. So anyway, you bless to impart the very nature of God into it. What's Thanksgiving? A heart of Thanksgiving. I want you to watch this. Now hear this very carefully. In, in, first, in, in first Thessalonians chapter 5, next slide please. 
In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, I believe it is, yeah. It says, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is God's will for you. This is God's will for you. Now, y'all, this thing I found out about God, He don't ever tell us to do something, to declare something, this is my will for you, that it's just like some nice religious thing. Like, it's His will for all men to be saved. Well, He just don't want us to burn in hell. And He also wants to share heaven with us. You know, that's easy to see. You know, it's His will, our sanctification, you know, in Ephesians chapter 5. You know, why is He telling us in everything give thanks? Watch this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 12. There it is. And this is right, this is right before 9.8 where it says, He's able to make all grace abound to you that you may have an abundance for every good deed. And he goes on and talks about that. But I want you to watch this. For the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing. Notice the statement here. It's supplying, but it's not just supplying. It is what? Overflowing. Come on, y'all. Help me. It's not only supplying. It's what? Overflowing. Why is it overflowing? Notice the next phrase. Through many thanksgivings to God. Through thanksgiving. You know what's the equivalent with thanksgiving for where you're at in your life? It's contentment. Talks about in Timothy that, con- that godliness is a means of great gain when it's accompanied by contentment. Well, the equivalent of contentment is thanksgiving. In other words, Jesus had five loaves and two fish and he has to feed 12,000 people. 5,000 men, 12,000 people. What does he do? He gives what? Thanks. He blessed it and he gave thanks. Wow. So what happens is a heart of thanksgiving releases the wealth of God into a situation. Instead of complaining about the lack, give thanks for what you have. Oh, wow. If I'm not careful, I condemn myself. Five loaves, two fishes, and you've got to feed 12,000 people. What do you do? Blessed and what? Give thanks. You got five loaves and two fishes to pay a power bill. You bless it and give thanks. Got a curious question. This is deviating a second here. You know, one of the statements I don't like is God is in control. You know, because there's things that God don't cause to happen. Control right in there. But I will say this to you. The sovereign God is working to cause all things to work together for our good. He is one who is trying to do a work in our lives to direct our steps. I was praying about this this morning. They're coming and putting a pipeline right across our property. God, I don't like that. I don't like that, Lord. It can light me up because it's somebody, I make a conservation easement agreement with the federal government that never would that land be developed. And we have so 
abided by that agreement, then all of a sudden the government gives permission to another company to come in and come across our property. Or I put out a whole lot of money to, to put a conservation easement there, and they're going to violate my conservation easement. Can I say that's enough to light me up? But I'm going, okay, I was praying about this this morning. Okay, God, what's going on here? And it's just like the Lord said, hey, this ain't no accident. I promise I'll cause all things to what? So I'm going, God, I don't understand this. I don't like it. I'm just sort of like Jesus said, Father, if it's impossible, let this cup pass from me. I don't like to have to swallow the, the crap of the world, the sin of the world. But I'll, Father, not your will, but your will, not my will, but your will be done. And all of a sudden, he has a name which is above every other name. That at his name, every knee bows and every tongue's confessed. He's been exalted above every other name. A heart of thanksgiving. Notice that Daniel, again back to Daniel, and there's two times to give, there's two, at least two ways. All that I, that's sort of, that th- there's thanksgiving in response, like this. Daniel, this is when the king said he's going to kill all the wise men, and Daniel seeks the Lord for the interpretation of a dream. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise. So he's thanking the Lord. Why? For you have given me wisdom and power. Even now you have made known to me what we requested of you. For you have made known to us the king's matter. In other words, this is a good thing to give thanks for. We're not going to die because the king said he's going to kill everybody unless you tell him the, the dream and the interpretation of the dream. That would be something to give thanks for. You know, somebody hands you a check for a million dollars. You go, the first thing you're going to say is what? Thank you. So you give thanks for a response. And that's what I've been thinking. You know, my narrow-mindedness about Thanksgiving was is that you give thanks when you receive, just being Southern. But come come to find out, that's not the most powerful form of Thanksgiving. Because Notice the powerful thanksgiving, as I'm going to describe it as this, as a prophetic act. In other words, Jesus, notice in John 6, 11, he's got to feed the 5,000. He took the loaves and having given thanks. In other words, he's giving thanks for something he has not received yet. He gives thanks. You know, I love it in John 17. When Peter, I mean not Peter, Jesus is, I'm sorry, not John 17, John 11. When Lazarus has died and Jesus goes to raise raise Lazarus from the dead. Now obviously Jesus has been hanging out with the Father. He does nothing except what he sees the Father doing. And he only does, and only what the Father says, that's what he does. Okay? So he gets there and he says this, Father, I thank you that you always hear me. And guess what? 1 John 5 tells us we know that if he hears us, we have the request we have made, known, made of him. Jesus is giving thanks for something before he's ever received it. 
Let me give you another example. In, in 2 Chronicles 2021, Jehoshaphat, an army's right against them, a bunch of armies are right against them and they're, they're trying to take them out. They ask the Lord of something and the Lord gives them a word. And then he, and they say, now go out, we're going to put the praisers out in front of the army. And guess what the praisers are going to do? They're going to do what? Not praise, give thanks. They, they do praise, excuse me for saying it, but the main thing they do is give thanks. Watch. He had consulted with the people and he appointed them to sing to the Lord and they praised him halitar as they went out before the army and they says, give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. They are giving what? Thanks. And see, the power is, y'all, in giving thanks. God speaks and you give thanks for that which God has said until it manifests in your life. What we have a tendency to do, Satan wants us to do, you got a lack, God speaks a word, and we complain about the lack, believing that if we throw enough tinter tantrum, God will give it to us. But God is calling us into a place to walk as sons and daughters of the Most High God, to give thanks until it manifests in our lives. Now, y'all, I'm not saying you name it and claim it thing, oh God... Paula, I need a new truck, so I'm going to give thanks till that truck manifests itself. I ain't saying that. Unless God said it, then I'll receive it. But Do I? But what I'm trying to say is, y'all, what releases the wealth of heaven into our lives is creating an atmosphere of excellence, an attitude, a blessing, and a heart of thanksgiving. So I say this to y'all, this Thanksgiving, I ask you this when you sit around the table with people you love. I ask you to think about something. You know, one of the things that's important, Paul and I are going to Alabama for uh, Thanksgiving. We've taken Paul, Max and, I mean, Shay and Leela in Macedonia, and we've got Max and Francis, and we're going to go to Alabama and spend time with Paula's parents. She said this is the first time we've been, to, been in Huntsville on Thanksgiving since we got married. But I, don't, I think we've been there before. <laughs> she said, you can ask my mama. <laughs> but, but when we're in that place, y'all, you know, you sit around that table with all, those, all, those fam- all that family, and that's wealth. That's wealth. And I, uh, you know, I ask God that you would bless it. Pronounce the blessings of God over it. Not only the food, but the people, the family, the relationships, the conversation. Be a blessing. I know, y'all, sometimes some of the hardest places to ever be a blessing is with family. But start something new. (laughs) 
Uh, Paula's got an awesome family, and so it's not hard to, to walk in that. But, but sometimes, you know, it can be difficult, you know. I can think back about some of my family reunions and where, you know, nieces and nephews were targets for criticism, and it was hard to be a blessing. You wanted to defend yourself. And, but it never would work. But I stayed, step into that, and Lord, bless it. Bless that time. Be a blessing and give blessings. God gives you a word for somebody, speak it into their heart. Second thing is, y'all, step in there to give thanks. One, give thanks for. You know, it's easy for Paul and I to, to go and to go to the Thanksgiving with her family and to give thanks for 39 years for me being there, Paula, so many years of being there, 38, 41, you're 41, we got married at a very young age. It's easy to give thanks for that, but where the powerful thing is, is that where we've heard the voice of God about a situation the wealth of heaven that he's wanting to release into our lives and to give thanks. Instead of complain about it, give thanks. Give thanks. Wealth of heaven. I, uh, can I just share this with you real quick? One of the things that God has been doing in my life in this season, in fact, I was praying this morning. I don't know if it's here or right there before the service. And about this wilderness that Paul and I are in, this financial wilderness that Paul and I have been in. And I'm going, this is a treasure. I'm going, this is a treasure. Because there's things in my heart that are being revealed. There's areas in our lives that are being revealed that are not excellent. That... You know, that's not a point of condemnation with God. It's never a point of condemnation when, a, when an area gets revealed that lacks. It's always an opportunity to draw near because there's mercy. God's rich in what? Mercy. But then His grace, you know, abounds. And I, I just, I'm just, I'm excitedly awaiting the mercy and the grace of God to fully manifest in Paul and I's lives. Now, there's some tough decisions that we got to make and some things that, that we got to focus on and we got maybe some things we have to do that are just totally different. But it's God going to cause something to be blessed. And in, in our lives, coming into a place of totality of excellence, not to perform, because I want to say this, y'all. Hear this. Excellence is in me. Excellence is in me. How do I know when excellence is released? The fruit of the Spirit are present. Because the one who is in me is Jesus. The Spirit of the living God is in me. And the fruit of His presence is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. How do I know when I'm stepping into an area of excellence? There's peace. And when I don't feel peace... That is a signal that something in my heart is attached to the world. So second area, 
Be a blessing. Give blessing. Third area, operate in the power of thanksgiving. Ask God to impart into us a heart of thanksgiving. A heart of thanksgiving. I think back, you know, to the men and women of God that God's given me to walk with down through the years and they face adversities in the midst of adversities. Their heart is to thank God for things, which is so cool. It's so powerful. The night my mom's dying, mom's not complaining about not being able to breathe and fighting to breathe. She just wants to go home. She's wanting to make sure I have eaten supper. Tell me, that ain't a mom. And in her heart is to give thanks. So, Jesus, Heavenly Father, I just want to pronounce over us, Lord, atmosphere of excellence, God, the reality that excellence dwells in us, God, and you're, you're calling that excellence out. You're calling it, Lord, into us, over us. Mm. i got to show you something. Come here, Mitch. God just showed me, reminded me of something. This is you. This is, this is the God of abundance. The God of excellence is where? In you. He's in you. But what God's calling is, is this. When it says in Philippians 2, 12, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you. Work it out. It's in you. Excellence is in you. And God's going, come out. <laughs> so he's clothing you in excellence. There's a difference between it being in you and you being clothed in it where it is your total totality of who you and I are. So that's what I'm praying. Let it out. Heavenly Father, so we declare it in the name of Jesus. Lord, I want to give thanks to you, Lord. First off, for the years past, 17, 18 years, Lord, 18, God, wow, 18 years of being a Paul and I being a part of dwelling place. And we thank you for this body. Lord, we thank you for what you have done in the past. But God, we thank you now, Lord, for what you're going to do in the future. Lord, the, the, the effect that you're going to do in every one of us in this body to grow us into your likeness, God. And, Lord, that wherever we go, that we are a blessing to the New River Valley. Lord, that we, Lord God, we're just bearing the fruit of the realities of you. Lord, we thank you, God. I thank you, God, for what you're going to do. And we bless this country, Lord. We thank you for, the, for this country, Lord, has, has done and provided us an atmosphere to sit here and be able to preach and talk in freedom. Well, Lord God, we thank you for what you're going to do in the future. Lord, I declare over this country that Jesus Christ is Lord. As a part of this country, I take authority, Lord, and declare it over this country. And Lord, we speak in the name of Jesus, Lord, that, that the very fabric of this country would be drawn into the very likeness of who you are. That it be excellence, Lord, that what is true, Lord, that is honorable, that the politicians of our country would operate with honor toward one another. 
And Lord God, it would be full of truth, honor, be honorable, it would be pure, it would be right and lovely and a good report. So God, we declare it over our country in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this land. Lord, I pray over my brothers and sisters in this vacation, Lord. First off, Lord, I pray protection over them in the name of Jesus. That, Lord, I give you their angels charge over them in all their ways. Lord, let it be a, let it be a time of rejoicing before you to give thanks for what you've done. So, God, we declare your goodness. I speak, Lord, over it that it leave the wealth of you be released into this, to this thanksgiving. The abundance, Lord, the abundance. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Jesus. I speak blessings. And I want to ask you, oh, forgive me. Forgive me, too, because I, I, when I said it, when I said, you said bless, praise, and you were right. And I, I was thinking Thanksgiving. That's why it's important to have people share, because you get so narrow-minded. And I, forgive me, please. So uh, I, didn't mean, uh, I didn't mean that from my heart. So. Amen. I want to, um, as we close, I'm going to ask the prayer teams uh, to come on up. Um, just want to take this opportunity. I want you to practice something. I want you to take these three things and just practice them for a second. I'm just going to ask. I'm going to pray and ask, ask the Lord. To, he's going to give you something in relationship to it. felt like he said just make it practical. Three things as these prayer teams come up. What, is, what atmosphere in your life, what, what is the atmosphere that you're going to create in your, in your family, in your job, in your school? What is it that you're going to create? How, like he talked about Daniel. Like he went into the craziness of a foreign government and changed the environment. And the Lord's just asking you, what are you going to walk in this week? Maybe it's, fam- maybe it's with family this week. Maybe it's school next week. That, and then the next one is, I'm going to pray that God will give you a name this week that you go bless. God's going to give you a specific person that you need to bless this week. And then he's also going to give you a specific circumstance that you need to speak blessing to, that, that you need help in, that you need deliverance, freedom, whatever that looks like. And the third one is that this is a great week to practice Thanksgiving, obviously. But give thanks for something you haven't received yet, and give thanks for something you've lost sight that God has already blessed you with that's the easier thing to do. So I'm just going to pray those three things. So I want you to stand as we close. And I'm just going to pray these things that the guys just going to give you practical vision for this week. And we're going to be able to, I, I believe we're going to be able to come back next week and hear some, I'm asking for some testimonies next week of where you applied this to something and it changed the environment. It changed, you blessed somebody and all of a sudden it was just like a radical 180 all right, so we're going to pray that over us. So, Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this word. I thank you that, God, you are calling dwelling place. You're calling us individually, but you're calling us as dwelling place to interact with this word, to participate, to practice. And, Lord, I just pray that, Lord, that 
we would practice creating an atmosphere this week, God. I just pray that you would empower us to see those, that Philippians 4.8 in such a different light and create that atmosphere of excellence just like Daniel did, just like Joseph did, Lord. And, and that atmosphere created the wealth of nations coming to them, the wealth of relationships coming to them. And so, Lord, I pray that right now. In Jesus' name, Lord, let that be over our body, that that atmosphere of excellence, that each one of us is going to say yes to that call. Lord, I just pray right now uh, in this area of blessing. Lord, I'm just going to pause for a second. I'm just asking you give each of us a name to bless this week. In Jesus' name, I just pray right now. Just listen, ears to hear, eyes to see what the Spirit of God is saying. Just, I'm just praying, God, give, give us a name. Give us a name. Jesus. Lord, I pray right now that you would give us a circumstance that we need to speak blessing to all this week. Just, just with tenacity, Lord, this week, be able to speak blessing to a circumstance. Right now, in Jesus' name, I just pray we hear what the Spirit of God is saying in that. Father, this last one, I just pray right now in Jesus' name, God, that you would give us something to give thanks, a, a circumstance, a situation to give thanks for when it hasn't even happened or it hasn't even come to pass, but we need to give, uh, exercise this giving thanks. We need to practice it this week. I just pray God, that and, and, and also give us something that we've lost sight of giving thanks for. Maybe it's our family, maybe it's our circumstances, that, maybe it's our job, maybe it's whatever. I just pray right now in Jesus' name, reveal that to us in Jesus' name, Lord. Yeah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, we bless you this morning. We thank you this morning. We ask for just that, just that you would empower us as a body to walk this word out, Lord, to empower us as a body to, to walk in this atmosphere of excellence, this uh, attitude of blessing, this heart of thanksgiving. And, and, Lord, let it be this week a testimony that we can come back. And I'm, I'm in believing, <laughs> I am believing that I'm believing that there's going to be at least three testimonies next week of how we applied this word and it, Lord, came to pass immediately, Lord. And I just bless that. We just bless that work of, that you want to do this week. So we ask for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. So I'm just going to encourage you. Oh, I also want to do Does anybody need um, healing in their body? I just want you to raise your hand. Just healing in your body. I just felt like we needed to practice something. Um, if, if you're around there, just lay hands on them right now. I just want you to give thanks. If, that's, if you are the person that needs healing, I want you to give thanks for that healing. We're just going to give thanks for something we haven't received yet. Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name for the healing and the life. We thank you for the healing and the life. Even that, even if we haven't necessarily received physically yet, we're thanking you because you're a healer. You're a God that heals. You're a God that restores. You're a God that uh, brings deliverance and freedom. So, Lord, we thank you for this, these healings right now in Jesus' name. God, for the healings to come. Lord, for the healings that are not yet, but they are. But, God, we thank you for them. And we bless them. We bless these bodies. We speak it over them, God. We speak restoration and life and healing over them. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Can we thank God for that? Amen. Thank you, God.